Hello, I'm Lauren Reinhertz. And I'm Courtney Bird, and welcome to Aspire to Ascend by Ascend Source, where we are chatting openly with industry leaders from SAP, partners, and customers to understand how innovation within SAP is changing the game for businesses across the globe. Each episode features a variety of topics with our guests, from their journey within the ecosystem, hearing their personal passion statements, and the lessons they've learned along the way. SAP, this is our world. We're just giving it a voice. Today, we are joined by Amy Spruill, Regional Vice President for SAP North America. Amy is responsible for driving business development and customer success for large enterprise companies in the Southeast. She has been with SAP since 2014 and has had various roles, which we'll ask her to get into in a moment. Uh, She does live in Atlanta with her husband, Randy, and their two daughters and family dogs. So welcome, Amy. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So excited you're here. Amy, as we kick off the episode, ascend your resume. Oh, my. Where do I begin? (laughs) You can go back up (laughs) as far as you'd like. I'll just go back to, because some may not know, I'm actually a boomerang with SAP. So I came and carried a bag in 2001. Mm -hmm. I worked for public sector back then and uh, was here for about four years. Right around the time Bill came in as CEO. So I stayed a little bit, and then I had an opportunity to go work for a system integrator, and I thought, round out you know, the, the mm-hmm. experience and, and um, hone other skills as well. So I spent about four and a half years with Accenture and realized in my heart of hearts, I, I'm a software person. I, I like selling software. I like that industry and the innovation now that's going on, and I know we're going to talk later about digitization and all the buzzwords that are out there, Mm -hmm. but it's exciting. So I had an opportunity to come back and um, took it and came in through financial services and made my way into the Northeast market unit. And then last year came down to the Southeast. Awesome. Amy, when you look at your career path and the time you've spent at SAP and elsewhere, you've really had the opportunity to develop as a leader. So tell us, how is your new leadership role as RVP, or Regional Vice President, in the South going? It's um, it's exciting. I mean, it, it, we've talked a lot about um, it's not really about me anymore when you kind of get, elevate in your career and you move into other leadership roles. And, and that's really been a big fo- focus over the last year and a half of of the we, you know, there's a number of leaders that I work with here and it's working with them to enable their success. Um, So that's been a part of my own development, just more organizational um, uh, focus and and management versus me and and just the revenue. Now we're all focused on revenue and particularly this time of year, it's all hands on deck, but um, it's just been interesting learning about other leadership styles, and collaborating and everybody working together as one team. I mean, we talk about one team and, you know, almost ad nauseum, but um, it's true. I mean, if you're not marching in the same direction and you don't have the same um, trajectory and going in the same place, then it's just not going to be very effective. So I think a lot of people who who listen to our podcast know what an industry account executive is. They understand what a vice president is. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're tasked with as the regional vice president? You know, what 
what what does a day in the life of Amy look like? I know you have a lot of travel, so I'd love to, to learn a little more about your life. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, um, I mean, one thing that I'm big on is spending time with customers and customer success. I, I mean, we all are, but um, from a from a customer success, I like to be in front of the customer, not sitting behind a desk and mm-hmm. managing f- to spreadsheets. So I do spend a lot of time on the road, but a big, more, a larger portion of the role is collaboration across all of the lines of business here at SAP. As you know, we've gone through a number of acquisitions over the years, mm-hmm. most recently Qualtrics, um, and there are leaders and account executives that come from those organizations across Ariva and SuccessFactors, and um, you're very familiar with all of that. So how do we, again, march together in the same direction? Mm-hmm. Everybody has a focus, everybody carries an individual bag, but we all carry a really large number, and it's the same number. And um, so a lot of what I focused on over the last particularly year is getting all those leaders in the room and saying, we're in this together. Because as you just described, there's the core account team, and the core account team sets the strategy uh, with the customers, works directly on behalf of the customer as an advocate, and brings in the specialist as required. Mm-hmm. But the specialists have a role, the specialists have a number, and um, how do we all sit around this table and say, here's the here's the number we're going for, and let's work together, we're all one team. Right. I mean, it's really, it's, it's a nuance, but it's, um, everybody has to feel part of that team, everybody has to feel empowered, um, not just relegated to, oh, I'll bring you in mm-hmm. when I'm ready. Right. Um, yet at the same time, you have to have that core team who's focused on being the advocate of the customer so it's a it's a balancing act and um but once everybody feels like they're all a part of it and we're all marching to the same beat i mean i always liken it to like an orchestra you know the flutes come in when they're supposed to come in the clarinets come in when they're supposed to come in and when everybody is singing to the same sheet of music or playing it's beautiful but when they're not (laughs) it's a disaster right then it becomes more product focused first solution focused correct and, and I think that's where um, everybody you know as you as you mentioned we kind of all need to to march in in the same direction and have some harmony mm-hmm. so that we can really solve business problems at an enterprise level yeah and and I, I agree and I also understand how hard that might be as an AE you know to navigate all of those individuals and all of the solutions and and the pains of the customer to really set that strategy and pull people in truly be a quarterback right it's challenging right and some people are very good at it and others you know takes a little bit more time Mm -hmm. but we're there to wrap our arms around everybody as leaders and figure out how to make them successful so amy i i've known you for quite a while since you were in the northeast Mm -hmm. and you ran the media team up there and i know a couple of the people who uh we're fortunate enough to to work for you, uh, Elizabeth Carrier, who was busy, who was on our podcast this season. Um, it's so funny. She, I listened to you talk, and it's like, oh, that's where she got that lesson. <laughs> um, so when we kind of look at your leadership style, can you give us just a little bit of of insight into what you look for when you're when you're looking for talent or when you're growing your team and what characteristics do those people need to have to really be successful when working with Amy Sproul? Um, yeah, it's pretty specific. I mean, I kind of have three areas that I focus on, but it's all about attitude and energy. 
I, those are characteristics um, and grit. Uh, if any, if you've ever read Angela Duckworth's book, um, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance, I love that book. <laughs> I remember, Wizzy would probably remember me bringing out at a QBR and saying, <laughs> we all need grit because that's what it's about. And we were talking about media at the time and SAP wasn't doing very well in media and we were kind of the redheaded stepchild and we just needed to be out there and have grit and bang on doors and explain to these media organizations why we were relevant. And um, we were pretty successful. Yes, I think um, I think uh, we left behind a nice uh, legacy of of opportunity at the customers. So I'm proud of that. But so it's it's perseverance, it's grit, it's attitude. I, I mean, the skills of being able to um, sell a software solution, be able to go in and talk about SAP. We can teach that part. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the grit and the perseverance and the ability to just pick up the phone and and make the phone call and, and courage, really. I used to start off my QBRs with a particular three images. One was a wolf, one was all the hands together, um, and then the other one was just um, money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was just like, you gotta have courage and you know, we have to be a team and work together to you know march to, that, to the same direction of, of closing business for SAP. Absolutely. Money will happen if right. you have all of those things. If you things. have all those right. things, right. Right. And I think Jen Morgan says it best. She says, that, you know, you have the right people, you have the right talent, the money will come, mm -hmm. right? And so I believe in that. Absolutely. So you've moved down to the South now. Do you, I'm just curious, think that there's a large cultural difference between, you know, a leader in the Northeast to being a leader in the South? I know we can be a little good old boy down here at times. A tad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember where I am right now, but no, it's it's. Uh, I've had to. And I think I'm my my fearless leader, John Tully, says it best. He's like, yeah, Amy, you don't want to change who you are, but maybe sprinkle a little sugar on top. <laughs> <laughs> so I try, and um, I, I am very direct, and I think that's worked well in my career, and um, I want people to know where I stand, but at the same time. I, I have empathy and and I um, but I just I it's hard to tolerate folks that don't have some of those characteristics that I mentioned as right. far as drive and grit and and um, you know a good attitude you can if a poor attitude it's really hard to move the ball mm -hmm. but um, so yeah so it's it's you know in the Northeast and particularly in New York where I spent most of my time in the streets of Manhattan um, the customers were very direct and everybody's very fast. I, the funny story I always have here in Atlanta that drives me crazy is in the airport. And I spent a lot of time in the airport mm -hmm. and you come up from the train and you go up the escalator and no one knows that you're supposed to stand on the right so that you can pass. <laughs> so that you can pass. So, and that's very, you know, I mean, in New York, I remember when I first started traveling up there, I mean, I was screamed at many times mm -hmm. for standing on the left side. <laughs> so I know that's kind of, um, anyway, pet no. peeve. You know what? A little bit after, different. After what? Six, seven podcast recordings, I think one common, you know, theme that we hear is air, airport courtesy. Like <laughs> we should have a whole podcast on how to navigate the airport so that you're not that person. Seriously, yeah. how we get on planes, how we get off oh, planes, yes, so I have how we run the gates. platform about boarding. I, but, I'm very, but aren't you, very, I'm very cognizant when I have a bag and I hop on an escalator, I 
put my bag to the right. I stand as far to the right, even if it's mm-hmm. awkward, so people can pass. Yeah. And when I don't have a bag, I'm walking up the escalator. Absolutely. <laughs> Not so much in Atlanta. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't do anything quick in the Atlanta airport because no b- security. We could, we could spend forty five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, it is a it's a cultural it's yeah. a shift from Northeast to being bit. in the South. And you know, I live here, but I've worked probably the majority of my career in the Northeast. Yeah, you have. Um, so it's it's interesting because I'll walk into a room and speak, and I think I do a pretty good job of hiding my Southern draw until I have a couple glasses of wine. I and think that's when I met out. you. We were at dinner, we had a few glasses of wine, <laughs> and I remember being like, you live in Atlanta, and you work up here? And you're like, yeah, it's fine. I'm up here all the time. doesn't matter. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Amy, that's because I can get to Hudson Yards at SAP faster than I can get from my house to here. Exactly. <laughs> I just bypass all the traffic and go down. I get it. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Big so, cultural shift. So, Amy, you mentioned that, you know, you're a boomerang. You you started your career as an AE at SAP, and then and now you're back. Mm-hmm. How do you think that experience as an AE shapes kind of the leader you are today and, and, and how you were when you came back to SAP? What I've, I've done a lot in many ways. I mean, I think having the respect of, of the folks that I um, lead now, of having carried a bag. I think it's pretty hard to come to SAP. It's a lot. It's a lot to manage to figure out this organization, the ecosystem that we have, the partners, the you know, it's it's just a massive place and that can be positive and negative. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out how to navigate that. So the AE is the AE and the first line sales manager, I think are the hardest jobs in this company. Absolutely, because you do you mentioned quarterback Courtney, I think, and and um and you know, in- inclusive of the of the rest of the team, and understanding how to get through contracts and legal. I mean, any organization, but particularly here, there's just a number of nuances. And having done that, mm-hmm. and now you know, leading teams of AEs that understand that, hey, you know, she's been there, she's carried a bag, she's had to work through all of the things. Now, over the years, the number of products that we sell compared to what we sold when I was selling, mm-hmm. I was selling my SAP ERP. Um, <laughs> that was even pre-ECC, so I'm dating myself. But um, I just think it's important to, to for the for the team now to understand I've been there. Mm-hmm. And you've also been on the partner side, right? You spent some time at... Yeah, so Accenture, yeah, I was I went into the role at Accenture where at the time they were trying to focus on having salespeople truly mm-hmm. selling. A lot of times with these um, um, system integrators, you come up through your career, you start out as a technologist, right? And some do well and move into partner roles or run the run the sales piece as well, business development. Um, but Accenture was trying something new at the time, bringing in true salespeople to just focus on selling. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a while. And then they and then I shifted into um, I did the SAP practice for a while and I actually did the Oracle practice also when Oracle came out with CX. So had a little bit of both. But then I, that's when I realized when I talked about why I wanted to come back to SAP mm-hmm. that I um, you know, direct selling and, and focused with the end customers, I think where my strengths are more so than um, from an alliance perspective, but it's just different, it's just different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different skill set. And I think it's a different journey, right? Yeah. So we, we need our partners in this ecosystem. Absolutely. Um, they drive, you know, accelerated path to success for both the customer and the AE. But 
it's very different when you're selling services it is um I think night and day from selling software. Absolutely. Right. And so yes. I think people who say I can do both really well, I'm like, eh. it's kind of like saying you can do everything. That's right. And I know so, your mantra about that. Yes. Yeah. It's, so I, I think it's, it's a great marriage. And if you find a partner that really helps drive that value and that solution to the customer and can help you accelerate your path to making that customer successful, which means you close software, mm-hmm. then it's a great, it's a, it's a great partnership, but when we try to step over each other or do something we're not great at, it uh, it only hurts the AE, who, by the way, only gets a few at-bats a year. It's not like yep. they have 3,000 opportunities flying their way every day, and they can be picky-choosy. Right. right. I mean, and it's worked well for me coming back in my career just to be able to now. I, I have regular cadence with all of our partners, right. or at least our key partners that where we have focused projects, and... Um, you know, to have the credibility that, hey, I get it, I get your side, mm-hmm. you know, managing the risk, you know, managing the implementation. There's there's a number of factors that we don't think about as software sales folks. So, um, but it's a great synergy, right? And when you collaborate well with a partner, it's beautiful. Again, back to that orchestra, when it's working well, the partner comes in, they've got the right industry expertise, they validate, um, what we are in there telling them, you know, we mm-hmm. have value engineering organizations, we help develop business cases. That's not always enough. You know, they want, customers want third party validation. So when we're working well with our partners, they can validate what we've come up with, or they can say, why don't you tweak it this way? And again, it's a collaboration, people working with people and it right. works well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You, you answered my question. I was going to ask, you know, what, what do you look for in a good partner? But I, but I think you touched on it. So the, it. the industry focus and the ability to kind of help push, you know, what you guys are selling forward and, and help validate it for the customers. Yeah, so I think it's critical. Great. It's a critical piece of our ecosystem. So we love our partners. I do. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just a great, it's a great synergy when mm-hmm. it works well. Yeah. And I think you pass that down, right? I've, because you embrace partners and because you see the value in them, I think that we're starting to see the teams that fall in line into the mm-hmm. region under you are more open to letting new partners come in and showcase their value. And and so that's something that I've seen in the South since you've joined the market unit, and uh, it's really encouraging. We do, as you know, Courtney, we do these lunch and learns every Monday. Um, you know, Lloyd Burke and Kimberly Cohen from our organization run those. Mm-hmm. And it's important. So whenever I'm here, I participate. You know, I think it's important to see leadership, okay, is behind this. You mm-hmm. know, they're taking time out of their day to, to um, listen and, and engage and figure out if it's a solution that or, or a partnership that will work well together. So I think that's critical for my team, the leadership team, as well as myself and and um, others should be engaged in that process. It's important for our partners to see that, and mm-hmm. it's important right. for our AEs and the, the greater team to see that. I can imagine in, in a role like yours and in leadership, I think, you know, SAP obviously is a large organization, and how do you ensure that there's there's a trickle down? So, you know, you, you have, you're very passionate about everyone working together. How do you uh, ensure that that gets down to the, the AE level? Um, showing, doing, mm-hmm. um, not just talking about it. So, um, just as a, a, a tangible example in Q4, we, um, I do a, 
every Monday I had a leadership call and it was just my immediate core team. And then every other week I'd invite the LOBs. It's just one small example, but in Q4, we have a, you know, a big number to hit again, back to, we're all in this together. I switched the call every single Monday. We all get on the phone together. We all go through not every single deal. There's no way we could, Mm -hmm. but what are our key targets? What are we missing? And everybody's on the phone. My leadership team, the RVPs from the all the LOBs. How many acronyms can I use? Right <laughs> now? Um, and um, our our you know Lloyd, our pre-sales organization, our IVE organization. We're all on the call, right? So we're all on the call. And we're talking about it. Our alliances. Um, um, Andrea joins, and you know what are we missing? Where's the risk? And for at least for those big targets. And I so that's doing right. That's um, we're all in this together that's showing and so the AEs they're on point the core AEs to have their regular you know that account team call Mm -hmm. on a regular basis and do the same thing so we're doing it John does it at at his level with with the the leadership team and I think again showing doing not just telling yeah go do this I think people need to understand that as salespeople we work a lot I know a lot longer and a lot more than I wanted to work when I started my career. It's so important now to to like the people you work with and create real relationships with them because you spend more time with them than you do people, you know, that you call your family or people at home. How do you or how have you created a team environment within your market unit that makes work fun and worth the daily grind? Well, it was interesting because coming down here, um, you know, I didn't know anyone. Um, I didn't have, you know, up in the Northeast, I built the team. I built mm-hmm. the media team. We were a team. We worked together. There was trust. There was loyalty. So when you come down to an entirely new city and you meet an entirely new team and they're like, who is she? You know, what is what what's on her agenda? And I'm trying to figure out who's actually on my team and who doesn't want to be on my team. And so the first six, eight months was challenging, right? So just a bitter honesty that to figure out how I would fit in and where and how I would lead if, if I didn't really have a loyal following yet. And um, so once I kind of got through that and figured out individuals, the personalities, what makes people tick, because that's so important. It's not, and again, it's back to, not about Amy anymore. It was about how am I going to lead this team and they're going to feel like I'm part of it and um, a leader that they want to follow. So the first six, eight months was about that. And then, you know, kind of once you kind of ease into that, figure that out, working well, we make some adjustments that you all know every year, about two months from now, we're going to be going into a new year and there's always change. We've had a lot of change in the last month with announcements at our executive leadership level and some of that will trickle down and we'll figure out what we're going to do when we go into 2020. But so once we came into 2019, it's like, all right, now this is the team. Now, how are we going to have fun together? How are we going to meet these huge numbers, but at the same time, um, have a good time. We spend a lot of time together. So one thing that I, JJ and I've worked together on is recognizing people, um, especially salespeople. A lot of salespeople are in it to make money, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, recognition is critical. I think it just makes you feel, um, I know it makes me feel the hard work that's put in and the energy and the time and the time away from our families. 
you know, there's something for it. We're doing something for our customers. We're enabling them to, you know, have success. We are um, advocates for them. And then at the same time, you know, as a team, we're working together. So we like to recognize people. So we come out with fun awards. Um, and, and you can tell in the faces of the AEs that work hard all quarter, whether it's some funny award, um, whether it's, you know, top, top AE most revenue award, but we do it and we, we have recognition and we, we, um, we laugh and we have a good time. I'm going to send you all of my nominees with award categories <laughs> post this podcast. Please, do, do. That would be fun. We need to add something related to like best AE that works well with the partner community or something. We yeah. don't have anything like that. So, Oh, I'll come up with some, some funny ones and some will. good ones. <laughs> So it sounds like you do a great job of motivating your team. I'm curious what what motivates you? What drives you to still work at SAP and do what you do? Wow. Um, yeah, and, and I'm glad that you said motivate because I've kind of left that word out, but that's so critical. I mean, the reason we do do the awards and the reason we do recognize people on a regular basis is because it's motivational. It's like, okay, they act, leadership actually recognize that I'm out here busting my tail mm -hmm. every single day um but what motivates me i i think um geez you'd think that'd be an easy question and i just i like to work i mean <laughs> i know that sounds ridiculous no. but um i've always wanted to work i mean whether or not i was 10 years old and i was babysitting i mean i was down at my my dad at a small company a um telecommunications company in the 80s and I was like 12 and I was a receptionist all summer long on M Street in Washington DC because mm -hmm. I wanted to wear a suit and go to work. Mm -hmm. So I just, um, I'm motivated by hard work and by overachieving. Um, I like to go to Winter Circle. I like to take my family and, and you know, they love to go to Bill's Winter's Dream breakfast and hear about, you know, people that win, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a business person, whether you're a entertainer, but just winners. Um, and what we do day in and day out is hard. It's work, it's perseverance, but um, that motivates me to mm -hmm. be able to say, wow, we did this. And now it's again, not a, just about Amy, it's about, you know, the, as a team, we all pulled together this massive team and we did it. So mm -hmm. clearly I'm very motivated right now for over for the next nine weeks to come out, come out of a, with a fantastic blowout year. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're well on your way. And, and by the way, I think that is a tough question, but I think you're talking to two people who are truly motivated because they love to work. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I think we should take a little break, but uh, Some, somebody asked me one time what it. my hobby was and I was like, working? <laughs> well, like I don't have time well, for I, a hobby. Like my job is my hobby. Yeah. I don't know. I always have a hard time when people say, "Oh, well, you know, on your bio, for example, uh -huh. what else does Amy do for fun?" I'm like, um, <laughs> "That's pretty bad." But yeah. you know, I like to go for a run in the morning. I don't know, but that gets my head straight for the day. Right? So. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think work is our hobby. I think we uh, when you love what you do, mm -hmm. it's exactly doesn't suck to go there every day. Right? When you love what you do, it's fun. To, it's just like playing a sport. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's competitive. It's, yep. Yeah, exactly. So I would love to hear, you know, if you could go back in time and give, you know, you mentioned that you've always wanted to work and, and you're very driven by that. 
if you could go back in time and, and tell young Amy, you know, one piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah, it's, um, I think we talked about this a little bit, but it's interesting that as I sit here and say how much I love to work, it'd be just like, slow down a little bit, have some patience. I, and I think I shared yesterday, I was talking with some of our recent Academy grads and, um, you know, they're young and eager and excited. And, and I was explaining to them, you know, stay that way, stay curious, you know, persevere, keep at it, keep learning, keep open, but be patient a little bit, you know, where they were asking some questions about the organization and, you know, 2020 and what it was going to look like. And I was like, you know, you kind of just trust that your leaders are going to make sure that there's a, the right spot for everybody. Um, be patient as, as SAP works through some of the, the adjustments that we've had in the last, you know, couple months. It's exciting adjustments, but there's going to be some new agendas, which is great. Um, get behind that. But advice to the young Amy and advice to my girls now who are 16 and 13, it's don't wish your life away. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's take a little bit of time to smell the roses. That's, I know that sounds cliche, but I, we talked yesterday, you know, you get your driver's license, then you, um, get your job, you go to college, you, you get, come out of college, get a job, you know, it's just boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. I, why didn't I just like go to Colorado and be a ski bunny for six months even, <laughs> but that wasn't even an option in my yeah. mind. There's like no way. So just patience and slow down a little bit. Celebrate your wins. Celebrate mm -hmm. your wins. Yeah. I think that that would be like the theme that I'm taking away from that lesson. And I'm thinking about my daughters and I'm not sure if I, I want them to celebrate their wins, but I'm not sure if I talk to them about, hey, did you realize you just accomplished this? Now stop and relish in the, yeah. in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. But I think people who, would you be as driven and the person you are no. if you did that? You know, <laughs> no. it's like you in retrospect, so you want to be that person. I know. But, no. would but you you're be not. where you are. You don't have the drive. You don't, it's, it, it's. It's hard, and I guess it's easier said than done. So you're right. Maybe just enjoy the moments a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's it's either in you or not. It's what we talked about in the beginning. You either have that, you know, that desire to have the grit and the drive and the positive attitude, or you don't have. You can't teach those characteristics. And as you know, you were a mentor to a Wizzy, mm -hmm. and she got AE of the quarter I last was thrilled for her. Quarter. That is awesome. So obviously, your tutelage works. <laughs> well, she maybe we should phenomenal. all start listening yeah. to Amy more often. <laughs> no, she's um, she's pretty phenomenal. I knew when I first met her that, in fact, when I took that role as VP, she was the very first one to connect through LinkedIn, and I remember my daughter was sitting with me, who was like young at the time and she's like Wizzy that's a cool name who's Wizzy and I'm like I don't know I'm gonna meet her she's on my team and um she's pretty phenomenal and she had a couple tough years you know working with her but we always talked about it chin up you know keep looking up that mountain you're gonna get there mm -hmm. and you're doing all the right things and you know nothing was handed to her she worked for everything she got and um I was a very proud moment was watching her in the success lounge at Sapphire last year with Warner Music, who I'd spent about three years with. <laughs> and I was thrilled for her because yeah. uh, she she definitely earned it. She deserved it for sure. I think just listening to you talk today, what's what's really cool about you and, and I unfortunately don't think all leaders possess this quality, but you're genuinely 
happy for your team and there's just this selflessness in in your voice and I just I, I want to point that out because I think it's so cool and I think in in sales especially it's very easy to to be a little selfish and look what I did and mm-hmm. and you're very much look at what my team did and that's just awesome yeah and certainly and uh it's refreshing well thank refreshing. you for that because it's um it feels better I mean and I think it's having good leaders I have good leaders that I've learned mm-hmm. from over the years and mentors and those are some of the characteristics and it's not you know when I started out and I look back and yeah we're we're all type A's in sales for the most part we're all a little controlling um because we think we can do it better so it's a learning it's a learning it takes takes time but um once you figure that out and you empower people that are really good then you're just really proud when they come through it's Mm -hmm. like wow this is great this is what it's about yeah we've learned some hard lessons this year I've learned that I am very controlling and far more type A than I wanted to admit. And uh, yeah, it's funny when she said, We're we think growing. we can do it better. My first thought was, Well, I can. <laughs> like, Duh. Exactly. Yeah. No. I actually think that's been a huge challenge for me as we, our team grows, is like, you know, I put so much emphasis on the importance of our messaging and mm-hmm. how we communicate with somebody who thinks a certain way. And, um, and I, <laughs> I have created this like fear internally. Lauren had to call me up one day. She's like, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if you know that you did this, but you've made us so scared that me as your business partner, I'm not sending an email to an AE. (laughs) I'm I'm petrified of you. You're scary. And I I didn't mean to do that. I just put you overemphasize the importance (laughs) on purpose. (laughs) But you, but you get it, Courtney. I mean, that's over the years. I mean, you do know how to communicate with, SAP, at least, that's where we've interacted and, and what's important. It's so critical when you grab um, an SAP, whether it's an AE or, or anybody um, from the SAP team, they spend time with you because you make it worth their time. Mm-hmm. They're not going to Thank spend you. time with partners that like that don't bring anything to the table um, and, and, and there's limited amount of time, right? So you make good use of the time and um, and the follow through and the follow up. So I've been impressed with that over the years. And when you asked to do this, I said, absolutely. I would love to support what you all are doing. And this is amazing. I think it's a great way to get to know the two of you and the rest of the organization and then what you can bring to customers and partners. Yeah, I think it gives everybody a platform to connect the dots. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. as we've learned from customers, you know, we've had customers say to us, I, I sit there and my phone rings and I know I have an AE, but then there's, you know, 18 other people at SAP calling right. me to what's mm-hmm. their role. They have asked us that. You and can help them navigate. Yeah. yeah. And then as a, as a, somebody who's responsible and my job depends on a successful initiative, how do I select a partner? There's like 18,000 of you and you're beating my door down. What are the, the things that make one partner better than the other. And, and I always talk to them about cultural, like mm-hmm. your cultural fit with a partner is so important because Huge. problems are going to happen, but how somebody handles those problems yep. and the, the ability to navigate your organization as if they're a part of it is, is key. So I think the purpose of this podcast is to give the customer a voice, give the partner a voice, and very important to give SAP as we kind of go through quarter by quarter grind, a voice to show we can all 
work mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. Um, and, and have that choir, that orchestra and, yep. and sing together and play music together and, and all in the same direction. So it has been very fun. It's interesting to have people like yourself on here who kind of brings a little spunk to the yeah. table. <laughs> <laughs> spunk is good. Mm-hmm. So my next question for you is, you know, we talk about a lot of, you know, there's a lot of personalities in this industry. And, and, you know, as Courtney just kind of talked through all the different layers of all the different people, how do you work with maybe someone who's difficult or wants to row against the team? How do you handle those types of challenges? I've just always done it very directly. I just, I'm not um, great at playing games, you know, I've probably wouldn't have been good in politics. <laughs> I almost did go to Capitol Hill and thank goodness that didn't, <laughs> I went a different direction, went to San Francisco, but um, just very directly and, and um, just having a direct conversation and picking up the phone. I'm a huge believer in not hiding behind email and copying 15,000 people mm. on it, um, but picking up the phone, having, again, back to that courage to pick up the phone, have a conversation, that says, you know, we're not in alignment here. How do we get there? How do we work together? Um, because that's the only way I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just direct like that. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it, it causes more angst for a little while. Um, but I that's the way I handle it. No, I love that. I think, and I love the, the pick up the phone. I think it's very easy to, you know, we call them, what do we call them, like, email gangsters you know (laughs) these people who send these nasty emails and then you meet them and they're sweet as pie to your face and I it annoys me yeah yeah it's annoying um but I think we're also very quick to assume the worst in people Mm -hmm. and sometimes if you just have a conversation it's very easy to see oh you you misinterpreted that that's it I mean usually that is kind of the root of what goes on maybe it's a you know a text that was misread or an email or like you know that or or just a misinterpretation mm-hmm. or this individual said this and it's like no I didn't really mean it that so I think that's yeah that's a great point because a lot of times just miscommunication so mm-hmm. pick up the phone have the conversation go you know knock on the office door if you're in the same and just have mm-hmm. the conversation and people generally like people right I mean yeah. I don't think that you know if you, there's a disagreement and then sometimes it's just you know what I I guess we're going to disagree on this point, mm-hmm. but that's, that's fine. okay. That's mm-hmm. okay. We're not all the same. What did we say earlier? If we we're all the same, what a boring place it would be. But, um, you know, and, and that's just very direct is the way that I think it's easiest to work with people. Mm-hmm. In the South Market Unit, you've been really empowered by your leadership to set everyone up for, you know, long-term career growth. How do you feel about the changes or direction that you've implemented so far and what were your inspirations? I feel like we have the right team now. I feel like I have my team and that was a big conversation with my boss, John, you know, Amy, you got to make your team. So I'm going to support whatever you want to do. And that's another big, you know, characteristic of a great leader. You know, he brought me in and he's empowering me to do what I'd like with this organization mm-hmm. within reason. We are SAP, so <laughs> we do have a lot of process and offer. So, so, but I think um, if we come out of this quarter and we've exceeded what we were set out to do, that's when the following starts. Yeah, it's a very valid point. Mm-hmm. The direct approach works after you've proven the fact that you know, right? What you're and doing. it was the same thing. 
up in the Northeast and media. I mean, you know, at first there were a couple guys on the team. You probably remember them that had been at SAP a long time. We talk about the old school way of doing things at SAP and then how you've had to evolve. Um, and I know with a few of them, and I'd say it if they were in the room, were like, what, the, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. And they had great years. <laughs> and they blew out their numbers. So, Amy, when you look at a long-term strategy, sometimes, as we've discussed, change is needed. But you still want to maintain the people aspect of, of your market unit. So how do you keep your team happy and energized, rowing in the same direction while implementing the changes that we just discussed? We go to market down here in the south, market unit, which is different than in the north, in the Northeast, we went by industry. Mm-hmm. In the South, we have such a massive geography. Um, you know, I remember first interviewing for the role, and you know, John always talked about hyper-local model, and I'm like, yeah, but what about industry expertise? You know, because I came from a different. He kind of was like, Amy, we can't have, you know, ten account executives flying into the same city. I mean, it just doesn't make, and it, it doesn't, right? So, I mean, my the geography here I have is from Kansas to Missouri to Tennessee, over to the Carolinas, down to Florida all of Georgia, I mean, that's too much. So we went to a hyper-local model even more, and we got the right individuals in the right roles from a leadership perspective, um, and then and then just ensured that we had the account executives as much as possible without, you know, ripping a, an opportunity that somebody had worked for a year out of their patch. But, um, and I've seen, I've seen AEs be happier, like, oh, you know, I was flying into Atlanta and I live in Florida and I had been on this account for, you know, eight years and there's just a malaise, right? And so, or there's a complacency, you know, complacency is almost, it's the worst thing you could have in sales is complacency. And so switching up, you know, both some of the leaders in, in the roles that they had, I didn't, I didn't take any leaders out, but, um, and, um, and then aligning accounts a little bit better, I, there was an increased energy in the in the spring and into Sapphire. Yeah, new, new shiny toys, right? And uh, it, I, I do. I think it builds mo momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've seen we've we've seen everybody in the South kind of embrace us more and more as um, they're becoming familiar with a sense source and the value that we bring them. Mm-hmm. And I think. I think there's just a new level of energy. If you've seen it, that's the best the feedback I could get because, um, like I said, we shifted some leaders. Some leaders opted, well, I don't know if I love doing this anymore, and went into a different role and are, are exceeding, you know, what their, you know, challenges and new roles here at SAP or moving on. And now we have some new leaders that have come in, and there's just an energy. And mm-hmm. there's an energy within the account executive community too, I believe. That's great. And energy is contagious, right? I think, you know, once you kind of plant that seed, it it spreads like wildfire. So that's awesome. So we're wrapping up the episode, Amy, and we ask everybody the same question and then we'll play a fun game. Um, But what does digital transformation mean to you? Wow. I know. That's um, heavy. Heavy. And everybody's talking about it, right? And everybody gives us a different answer. So (laughs) So what does it mean to me? Well, it's so interesting when we go in to talk about, you know, our customers and we're going through digital transformation. And then we go in and we have a car. Well, what is, okay, tell me about that. What does that mean? And, um, And there's a lot of different 
there's a lot of different descriptions that we get and some of it we're like that's not really digital but you know that's okay we'll help you get there but um to me to amy to to i think to to our organization here in the southeast i mean we see that a lot of customers again it's not to be cliche it's back to right you know are you gonna be the uber are you gonna be the airbnb you know but businesses i think from a digital transformation they're seeking to focus on what their business is back to what you talked about courtney right you're not everything to everybody we're not you don't walk into sap and say oh we do it all um and so the customers are figuring out what is it that we are going to be or what do we need to evolve to be if we go away you know or is our business going to go away and so when we talk about digital transformation from a solution perspective we're trying to get them to a platform so that they can actually focus on what they do best whether it be innovate which again another buzzword but what does that mean? We're talking to carpet companies about innovation and how their business models are changing and what they're doing. So from a technolo technological perspective, if we can provide them with a platform that they can go in any direction, they can you know, be anything that they want to be, that's what I think digital transformation is. But it just, it's going to be different to every customer, mm -hmm. depending upon what their needs are. All right, Lauren. Yep. My favorite part. <laughs> Let me get so, my timer ready. Yes. So we, oh we end on the, the SAPANES, right? So all the SAP acronyms, uh, 20 seconds. We'll see how many you can name. We have to come up with a prize for the winner at the end of season one. I've Goodness. decided. <laughs> Am I going to beat Wizzy? I don't know. See, here's the thing. Everyone's like got it in their head. And then the second we hit the timer, it's just like, like the blank away. stare. Just a suggestion. Go by either line of business or area. Everyone has a strategy. Uh, I, I've got this down. Okay. <laughs> okay. On your mark, get set, go. Okay. GTS, CX, CRM, ECC, R3, that, um, LOB, um, IBSO, CDP, uh, SCP, SAC, um, geez. Uh, Hana is Hana. Yeah. Uh, Boom. Done. That's it. <laughs> What'd you get? Twelve. Twelve. Oh, I think we have a tie for second place. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is harder. It's like they, it's, you have them, and then it's like boom. It's they, like the radio shows. People call in. I'm like, how do you not know the answer to that trivia question? But it's like, <laughs> yeah, you put you on the spot, and then you're gone. <laughs> We're, we are going to have, at the end of the season, top Some three prize. are going to come yep. up <laughs> against me in a tournament. There you go. So thank you so much, Amy, for, for joining us today. Um, it's Thanks been really great me. getting to know you and, and learning more about your role and, and your leadership style. This was fun. It's great. So much fun. Thanks, thank Amy. Thank you.